following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. There is coming a great awakening. The Holy Spirit is going to come in power to revive his people. I have prayed for this for 50 years. And finally, the Lord is saying it's time. We are entering a very dark season, a time of suffering and sorrow in America and in the Western world. 
But in the midst of that, a great awakening is coming. The God Mammon is going to be torn down completely in America. There is going to be a great financial collapse. Not years, but very soon. The Holy Spirit is now beginning to awaken Christians. I see it from those who listen to this broadcast, the letters and the notes that you send to me as you testify that you are seeking the Lord God with all your heart. There's a passage of Scripture that I want to read for you as we open today. It's found in Isaiah 55. Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters, and you who have no money. Come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen. Listen to me and eat what is good and your soul will delight in the richest of fare. Give ear and come to me. Hear me that your soul may live. Verse 6. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the evil man his thoughts. Let him turn to the Lord, and he will have mercy on him, and to our God, for he will freely pardon. Seek the Lord, call upon him, forsake all wickedness, forsake all wicked thoughts, Turn to the Lord, and the Lord will have mercy on us and on his church. For we serve a God who freely pardons us when when we humble our hearts before him and seek his face. Now, to all appearances, the presidency is lost. To all appearances, the church is locked out of its building and increasing lockdowns are supposed to come. To appearances, COVID-19 rules the day. To appearances, economy is demolished and famine is on the way. To appearances, God has never been further away from the American church than he is today. All of that is about to be changed. The miraculous, the miracle work of God is going to explode in this land, and he is going to call his people to seek him with all of their heart. And I know today the call of God 
is for we who believe in Jesus to get a backbone and to rise up and to say, I will seek the Lord while he may be found. I will not turn to the left or to the right. I will seek the face of Almighty God. Some of you have reported to me that you are fasting and that you have been fasting for some time, eating only one meal a day or two small meals and skipping dinner. You report to me that you are searching for a word from Jesus to renew your heart and give you clear direction regarding the way you are to go. Some of you have reported to me pain and anguish and hopeless depression as you face impossible home situations. And you need a word from the Lord. The word from the Lord is, a great awakening is coming, and you will be included in that awakening if you will now begin to seek the Lord with all of your heart. I want to talk to you today about an incredible story in Scripture. It will help us understand how we are to walk into this coming great awakening. The king was the great-grandson of Solomon. His name was Asa. A-S-A. I love this man. He was an honest-hearted man. He made some very serious mistakes, and those mistakes we need to avoid. But he loved the Lord God of heaven with all of his heart. He did what was good and right in the eyes of the Lord God. And there are specific things he did. One, he removed every foreign idol. He removed the altars and the high places. And he smashed the sacred stones of these cults, of these wicked religions the Ammonites, their religion, and many others. He cut down the Asherah poles, that is, the fertility goddesses' poles. And he commanded Judah to seek the Lord, the God of their fathers, and to obey his laws and commands. And I come to you today with the word of the Lord. And the word of the Lord is, Seek his face now with all of your heart. Seek his face now, and he will bring to us a great awakening and sweep many into the kingdom of Jesus. He removed the incense altars in every town in Judah, and the kingdom was at peace. And for ten years... They had no wars. For ten years, they built up their strength. They built up their army. They had an army of 580,000 men 
who were all skilled warriors. And then a Cushite king came with 800,000 men and with 300 chariots. That's like 300 battle tanks. Israel did not have war chariots. They came and took up positions against Judah. What would, what would you do? Well, he immediately did what any person would do who has been walking with the Lord God of heaven. Instead of panicking, he called to the Lord his God, and he said, Lord, there is no one like you to help the powerless against the mighty. Help us, O Lord our God, for we rely on you and in your name. We have come against this vast army, O Lord. You are our God. Do not let man prevail against you. I have prayed that prayer many times, and I continue to pray that prayer. It's found in Second Chronicles 14. And if you are facing demonic oppressions, if you are facing family difficulties, if you are facing very painful circumstances and you don't know how you are going to escape, you don't know how you're going to make it through, you're exhausted, you have no more strength to go on, then do what Asa did. He prayed, Lord, there is no one like you to help the powerless against the mighty. Help us. Help me. O Lord, our God, help me, for we rely on you. Make it personal. O God, help me. I rely on you. I put this entirely into your hands. I have no way of escape. I can't create something for myself. I'm I'm beat up. I'm broken. All of my strength is gone. Help me, O God, in your name. I come against these demonic oppressions. In your name, I come against the wickedness in my family. In your name, I come against this sickness that is pressing me down into the grave. In your name, Jesus, I come. O Lord, you are our God. Do not let man prevail against us. Do not let this sickness prevail against me. Don't let this wicked husband prevail against me. Don't let this wicked wife prevail against me. Don't let these wicked children prevail against me. Oh, God, and you cry out. And the Lord will give you rest. He will hear you, and he will answer. Maybe not the first time you pray. Usually God waits to see how serious we are. If God doesn't immediately answer, are we going to move on and try to create our own rescue situation? 
or will we rest and wait on the Almighty God? You have to decide. It's in your hands. And with it being in your hands, will you place it in the hands of Almighty God? This is the beginning of the great awakening that is coming. As men and women give up human solutions to their jobs, to the money, I just heard 3,800 employees of the Washington, D.C. Metro Authority are going to be released. Mechanics. All kinds of people. They're going to be released. What are they going to do for jobs? They're going to have to cry out to the Lord, as I'm sharing with you. And they're going to have to ask the Lord to deliver them. You may be in that situation today. Will you be persistent, as described in Luke 11? Will you knock? Will you seek? Will you ask? Will you wait upon the Lord? O Lord, you are our God. Do not let man prevail against me. Do not let the devil prevail against me. Do not let sickness or finances prevail against me. I rebuke them in the name of Jesus. I will not turn aside from you, Lord. I will stand and wait upon you, Lord. Oh, do you understand? The kingdom of God is among us. We often hear the gospel of Jesus. And there is a gospel of Jesus, but let me tell you the bigger picture. It's not the gospel of Jesus. It's the gospel of the kingdom of God. And Jesus is the one who has brought that kingdom of God to earth. And he's opened the way by his atoning death on the cross for you and for me to enter in now into the kingdom of God and to participate with him in the glorious work he's going to do now that we have come to the end of the ages. That great awakening is coming. I want to participate in it. I want to walk in it. I want to experience the glorious victory in Jesus Christ for you, for the church, for me. Question is, will you humble your heart before God? Will you humble your heart before God? Or will you be terrified and depressed, discouraged and faithless? No, seek the face of God with all your heart now. Well, verse 12 tells us what happened, and verse 12 tells us what will happen in our situation as well. The Lord struck down the Cushites before Asa and Judah. The Cushites fled, 
Asa and his army pursued them as far as Gerir. Such a great number of Cushites fell that they could not recover. They were crushed before the Lord and his forces. They were crushed. Victory belongs to the Lord. You cannot deliver yourself. The army is too vast. The demonic power is too great. The woven snare too tightly binds you to escape. But if you will cry out to the Lord, he will deliver you. The Lord has spoken very directly to me. He's told me he will deliver me, and he will deliver this broadcast, and he will bring in that great awakening. He's assured me of my part in it. He's told me what I'm to do. I just have to wait on him to open the way, and I'm waiting, and I'm seeking the Lord with all my heart. Now the Spirit of God, in chapter 15, came on Azariah, the prophet. And he went out to meet Asa as he came back from this battle. He said, Listen to me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you when you are with him. The Lord is with you when you are with him. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. For a long time, Israel was without the true God, without a priest to teach and without the law. But in their distress, they turned to the Lord, the God of Israel, and they sought him, and he was found by them. In those days it was not safe to travel about, for all the inhabitants of the lands were in great turmoil, one nation being crushed by another, one city by another, because God was troubling them with every kind of distress. But as for you, be strong. Do not give up, for your work will be rewarded. Your work will be rewarded. Now, let me take just a minute and talk about what it means to seek the Lord with all your heart. We don't have incense altars spread around the city. We don't have Asherah poles. We don't have temples. Oh, there are some wicked temples in America. Hindu, Muslim. But by and large, it's a Christian nation. Now, what does it mean to seek the Lord with all of our heart and to put away everything of darkness? I want to tell you what the difficulty is. The difficulty is what we are accustomed to is a mixture of 
of the devil's playground and the church. And the devil's playground has become a part of the church. And we don't even recognize it. So a group of Christian leaders can meet together, smoke their cigars and play cards and gamble. And it's perfectly fine. So perfectly fine that they even invited me to join them. I said, are you kidding? No. How could I do that? But for them, a night watching the television, talking for hours about the football game, knowing all the stats of all the players, that's kind of expected of men in America today. You've got to be able to talk about basketball and football and all of these sports, professional sports. No, you're going to have to put those away if you're going to seek the Lord with all of your face, with all of your heart. Now, in my case, in my family of origin, my dad did everything he could to encourage me to read the scriptures from the time I was able to even begin reading. But on the other hand, my mother encouraged me to read novels. So she read aloud to her sons, Swiss Family Robinson, Hans Brinker and the Silver Skates, What were the others? Robinson Crusoe. Robin Hood. She read to us by the hour. Then she would take us to the library and help us find novels that we would enjoy. So my mother found the Hardy Boys. So as a boy, I grew up in the false excitement of the mystery novels. Now, as I grew and matured as a man, as a Christian man, my father was always rebuking me for reading the novels. But I loved the novels. And, of course, the word novel means lie. So I would read historical novels. I would read science fiction. I would read whatever I could put my hands on in the library or in the bookstore, always searching for the new book coming out. I love the action books. I love the mystery books. But I'll tell you what happened to me. When I became serious about Jesus... And I began to read the scriptures from Genesis to Revelation time after time. The month of January, I would read from Genesis through Revelation. Then through the year, I would continue reading. When I got to 50 times through the Bible, I stopped. I stopped reading. No, I stopped counting the number of times I read. I have no idea how many times I've read through Genesis to Revelation. But I'll tell you what happened. If I would pick up one of my favorite novels, 
and I would read it. And I'd spend a couple of hours reading my favorite novel. I could devour a book in a night. And then I'd come back to Scripture to read it, and it was like cardboard in my mouth because I had seared my heart. Now, it wasn't hard for me then to make the transition. I grew up in a home without a television. Not because they weren't available. I'm not that old. But because my father would not allow a television in the home. He said it was the devil's box. He was right. And I found one of my church members gave to me a large, beautiful Sony television. And at first we said to the children, you cannot watch it whenever you choose. I have to be here with you. Soon that went by the wayside. And soon I would come home from preaching a worship service, and then I would sit down in the afternoon and watch the sports. Then I'd watch a couple movies. And then as technology advanced, I moved on to the to the computer. But what I noticed is that if I sat down and watched anything on the television and then came back to read the scriptures, it was like cardboard on my mouth. And the Lord finally became disgusted with me. And he very plainly told me, turn your television off. And I turned the TV off. And I threw out all of my novels. I had very expensive novels, first editions, collector's pieces, Zane Gray, Louis L'Amour, certain science fiction authors. The Lord said, you put all of those in a, in a black garbage bag and you take them out and you personally put them in that garbage truck. I exactly did that. You see, if we're going to follow Jesus and if we're going to seek him with all of our heart, we're going to have to turn away from those things that are mixtures of light and darkness. We're going to have to dump the compromise with the entertainment of the world. Let me say that again. If you want to be serious about Jesus, if you want to seek his face with all of your heart, you're going to have to turn off the entertainment of this world. You're not going to go dancing. You're not going to go to the movies. You're not going to compromise anymore. Oh, pastor, come on, there's nothing wrong with swing dancing. Yes, there is. Yes, there is. It builds relationships that are not godly. It's an atmosphere that does not lead you to Jesus. It leads you to darkness. Pastor, come on. Ballroom dancing is fine. No, it's not. Now, I'm, 
I'm not speaking about a law that you have to obey. I'm speaking about what I have learned in my life that will separate a man or a woman from Jesus. And if you want to seek the Lord God as Asa did, and you want to be able to go to the Lord God of heaven and cry out before him and be delivered from the enemy, then you're going to have to cut off the enemy. The world, the flesh, and the devil. Well, pastor, you're being fanatical. No. There are two kingdoms. There's the kingdom of the Lord Jesus, and there's the kingdom of darkness. I'm not going to participate in the kingdom of darkness. But now watch what happened with Asa. He takes courage when this prophet speaks to him and says, The Lord is with you when you are with him. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. And when Asa heard these words, he took courage. And he finished the work of the destruction of the idols. And he removed them from the whole land of Judah and Benjamin. He repaired the altar in the portico of the Lord's temple. Then he assembled all of Judah and Benjamin and the people from Ephraim, Manassas, and Simon. These were people from Israel who saw that God was blessing King Asa, and they wanted to be where the blessing of God was. Now, I ask you a very honest question. Do you want to be where the blessing of God is, or do you want to be in the place that is just cheap religion and sentimentality and prosperity teaching? You must choose where you want to be. It is a deliberate choice. If you want to seek the face of God, you're going to have to be where the face of God is sought after. Large numbers had come over to him from Israel when they saw that the Lord his God was with him. Now the people, in verse 12, entered into a covenant to seek the Lord, the God of their fathers, with all their heart and soul. Those who would not agree to the covenant were either executed or forced to leave Judah. They took an oath to the Lord with loud acclamations, with shouting, with trumpets and horns. And all of Judah rejoiced about the oath because they had sworn it wholeheartedly. They sought God eagerly, and he was found by them. And God gave them rest on every side. We're going to have to seek God with all of our hearts. We're going to have to put to death in our own heart all compromise. Jesus 
is real. God is real. He is observant and he is participating in your life. And he will either bless you or his curses will be upon you. One of the curses that he has put upon sinners is to allow them to go on in their sin and to give them over to even more desperate sin. And he has given much of the church in America over to more and more wickedness. And they no longer have a conscience. That's happening right now in the United Methodist Church. They're dividing between the righteous and the unrighteous. It happened in the Anglican and Episcopal. The Episcopal Church split over righteousness or unrighteousness. And God gave the Episcopal Church over to total destruction. Asa's heart was fully committed to the Lord. He actually deposed his grandmother from her position as queen mother because she established one of those fertility goddess poles. He said, you cannot serve. He even dealt with his family. But then, in the 36th year of Asa's reign, the king of Israel came against Judah. And Asa took the silver and the gold out of the treasuries of the Lord's temple. He took the Lord's money. He took all that he had of his own, and he sent it to the Syrian king, Ben-Hadid, who was ruling in Damascus. And he said, Let there be a treaty between me and you, as there was between my father and your father. See, I'm sending you silver and gold. Now break your treaty with Basha, king of Israel, so that he will withdraw from me. Ben-Hadid agreed with King Asa and sent commanders of his forces against the towns of Israel. But the prophet Hanai came to see Asa, king of Judah, and he said to him, Now listen to this and be warned. Because you relied on the king of Aram and not on the Lord your God, the army of the king of Aram has escaped from your hand. Were not the Cushites and Libyans, a mighty army with great numbers of chariots and horsemen. Yet when you relied on the Lord, he delivered them into your hand. For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. You have done a foolish thing. From now on, you're going to be at war. So almost at the end of his life, I want you to hear this warning. King Asa did not turn to the Lord. He did not ask the Lord for help. 
He sat comfortably now in his established peace and religion. And many American Christians have settled into their religion. And now mixed in with their religion is paganism. Mixed in with their religion is false prosperity. Mixed in is tradition and ritual. And they no longer cry out to God. If they need money, they go to the bank. They go to They go to the to the bank, to the pagans, and they make financial arrangements. They borrow money for their church building. They build great edifices. They fill their their buildings with with people who are compromised, who are not serious, but who are very religious who will pay their tithes and bring their offerings to church, hook up with some people to go have lunch and live like pagans for the week. But, oh, they've got the God talk down. Oh, yes, sir, we love Jesus. We're on the side of the Lord. The Lord is our help. No, he's not. Your help is your is your bank. Your help are business people your pastor's a CEO. He's a, a project manager, not a preacher of the gospel, not fire. I've listened to so many sermons. And the preacher is preaching a good message, and then he gets to the end and he pulls his punch and comforts the people and says, There, there, you're okay. Just love Jesus. I love you. You're all right. Go in your way. Are you kidding me? That's why God vomited the church out of its buildings. He's sick of it. He's not going to put up with it anymore. And it's time now to seek the Lord for the American church. It's time for the American church to seek the Lord with all their heart. A great awakening is coming. May I say this? A great separating is coming between the sheep and the goats, between those who honestly desire holiness and righteousness. The Lord is lifting up a message and he's saying, and he's commanded me to preach this. I'm not preaching it on my own. Romans 6, be crucified with Christ. Give up your entertainment. Give up your worldly pleasures. Seek the face of God. Cry out to the Lord. Well, Asa did what so many have done, and even so many of you have done. Second Chronicles 16, verse 10. Asa was angry with the seer because of this. He was so enraged that he put him in prison. At the same time, Asa brutally oppressed some of the people. In other words, he got an attitude. Some people listen to this broadcast. 
and they take it very personal and they get angry. And they say, I'm not going to listen to that man anymore. I can almost hear the radios clicking off. Some who are friends say, I'm not friends anymore. I'm done with you, pastor. Please, please hear me. Don't get angry with a man who speaks the word of God or a woman who speaks the word of God. Don't get angry when you're, when the word of God cuts across you and you say, wow, how could he say that? Don't do that. Asa, in his heart, is saying, look, I've been righteous all these years. I've done what was right. I did the best I could, and now I've tried to save my kingdom. No, you didn't save your kingdom. You brought your kingdom into disrepute and war because you would not seek the face of God. You would not humble your heart before the word of God. Your self-righteousness has brought death and destruction to you and your family and to your nation. Asa, Asa, wake up. Now the Lord gave him another opportunity to wake up. Verse 11, the events of Asa's reign from the beginning to the end are written in the book of the kings of Judah and of Israel. And most of that record is spectacular and awesome. That's why I said at the beginning, I love this man, Asa. But listen, in verse 12, in the 39th year of his reign, Asa was afflicted with a disease in his feet. Though his disease was severe, even in his illness, he did not seek help from the Lord, but only from the physicians. And Asa died and was resting with his father. So the Lord says, you're not walking the way you need to walk with me, Asa. So I'm going to bring disease on your feet so that you see in the physical realm what your spiritual condition is, Asa. But Asa would not humble his heart before Almighty God. He would not seek the face of God. He would not repent for not trusting in the Lord. He would not humble his heart and ask the Lord to heal him of this disease of the feet. That's why Isaiah 55 says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the evil man his thoughts. Let him turn to the Lord, and he will have mercy on him. If Asa had turned to the Lord, the disease on his feet would have been healed and his land would have known peace. For our, for our God will freely pardon. There is a great awakening coming to America and it will divide the church. And those who are filled with pride and arrogance, anger, 
will not be included in this great awakening. Those who are self-sufficient will not be included. The great awakening will be brought by men and women who will humble their hearts and who will seek the face of God, who will turn aside from all of the worldly entertainment, who will turn aside from lies and wickedness and worldly music. And that includes most of what's called Christian music. Many of you need to turn the radio off in your car and stop listening to so-called Christian music and let the Holy Spirit have an opportunity to speak with you. For he wants you. He loves you. He doesn't want you to to veg out on so-called Christian music Sentimental slop. Five minutes. He wants you to humble your heart. He wants you to seek his face. Now is the time to seek the face of God. I have given you the great news that a great awakening is now now coming. In fact, right now there is an awakening in the church as the church is suffering. And honest people are saying, wow, we better decide together with fellow Christians and begin to cry out to the Lord. This thing has gone on too long. It's time for Christians to rebuke the devourer and rebuke the lockdowns and rebuke the misery that has come upon their lives. It's time to cry aloud to the Lord. It's time to pray. Lord, I come today in the name of Jesus Christ, and I seek you with all of my heart. I seek you, Jesus, for your deliverance, for the coming great awakening in America. I cut off everything of the world, the flesh, and the devil. Lord, I'm going through that very difficult process of moving out of my house, but I know it's you moving to prepare me for what you have coming. I don't understand much of what's happening, Lord, but it's okay. I don't need to understand. I need to see your face, Jesus. And in the hours of the night, my heart has been comforted night after night as I have laid in my bed singing praise and worship to you, glorifying your name, thanking you for your kindness and your mercy, thanking you for for delivering me. Lord, we come. I come with brothers and sisters right now who love you and who want with all of their hearts the great awakening that needs to come to America. And we come together and say, yes, Lord, we stand by faith for a great awakening. We stand by faith now for a change in the church, for a flood of tears to come upon us, for deep conviction of your spirit to break the pride of our hearts, 
to cause us to repent. Thank you, Lord. I pray in your mighty name. Amen. You've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Ray Greenley from the National Prayer Chapel. You're welcome to go to our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com, and you'll find podcasts and, and videos, YouTube videos of previous broadcasts. This one will be up tonight. You're also welcome to look up on our webpage where we meet on Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock, and you're welcome to come if you're serious. You're also welcome to write to me at the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. I love hearing from you. I'm so grateful for those of you who give and give and give. Thank you. This is a faith venture. I could not do it without you. I know the Lord moves in your heart to give, and I'm very grateful. God bless you, my brother, my sister. I love you. I'll talk to you soon.